If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the Gospel according to St. Luke chapter number five. Uh, I started a series uh, the first week of January uh, on evangelism. It, it was such a great series, I didn't even give it a cool title. It's just evangelism. Uh, and we're talking about uh, the opportunities that God gives us uh, to make uh, the goodness of God known to unbelievers. And it's been an uh, a encouragement of mine that this month in particular, uh, you would be uh, a little more aggressive in inviting somebody to church because in the month of January, everyone's trying to make resolutions. Everyone's trying to find the solution of how they can get better this year. And I don't know of any better way than for somebody to start a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so um, uh, the Gospel of Luke, starting at the 27th verse, there is uh, this, this incredible uh, conversation that is going on. Uh, and I just, think it's, I just think it's good. So actually, not, not 20. Uh, did I say 27? Okay, I did. Okay, so I'm right. Jet lag. Leave me alone. Okay. Uh, Luke 5, 27 says this, uh, later as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them, uh, but the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples, why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. So good. Uh, so uh, if you're taking notes, uh, the title of this message is Leave Like Levi. Leave Like Levi. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, help us to leave. Amen. <laughs> yeah, you already know I pray quick. Okay. So... Uh, uh, this particular uh, chapter of the Bible, uh, you, you would have many a pastor, uh, many a year, go to this particular passage of Scripture uh, to talk about evangelism, talk about harvest, and most would start at the beginning of the chapter uh, because it is fascinating to find Jesus uh, after uh, preaching uh, on the beach to use uh, Peter's boat, his brothers, some of his friends, to go out uh, fishing. And not only to say, let's go out fishing, but to tell fishermen when to fish. What's amazing to me is that uh, there are some people that just believe that Jesus is only good for your soul, that his wisdom is only about things that you do spiritually and, 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 the, and the issues that you are going through uh, spiritually. But uh, Jesus uh, really knows how to bless your business as well. And so here is Jesus talking to a group of fishermen who have fished all night the way they know how to fish because this is their expertise. It is broad daylight, and now Jesus is saying, hey, let's go out and catch some fish. 
Can you imagine Jesus walking into the business of your expertise and telling you how to run your business? What we would usually kind of think in our mind is, thank you, Rabbi, you're really awesome, but leave the fishing to me. Leave management to me. And here's what Jesus is saying to the people that are his disciples. Uh, If you're going to be my disciple, you can't do anything without me. You can't have any success without me. Even in your business, it needs to be submitted to me. So I know it's broad daylight. I know you're a genius. I know you go out at night. I know you drop the nets in the shallow part of the water because the fish cannot see what is going on. But I'm telling you, and you should listen to me, that we're going to go out in broad daylight. And I want you to go into the deepest part of the sea and cast your net. I can just imagine Peter and some of the looks on the other guy's faces like, I mean, okay, if you say so. Probably having in the back of their mind uh, the, the, the phrase in their head that they're ready to drop on Jesus after an unsuccessful launch into the deep. I told you so. They go out into the deep, they cast their nets, and... Uh, something amazing happens. These, these fish see the net. Fish see a net and they're like, yeah, no, not coming. Not that dumb. That's why you should fish at night. The fish see the net uh, and they swim into it. So many fish swim into the net, it starts to bring the boat down. The net start to rip. They have to call their friends, hey, get over here. They call some other guys to come with them, and they start to bring in all of these fish, and Peter loses it. Peter absolutely loses it. Instead of going, oh, my goodness, look how many fish we got, Peter goes, became aware of his sins in the middle of one of the biggest financial blessings of his life. See, when God really wants to ruin you to the life that you've had without him, he doesn't have to guilt you. All he has to do is bless you. It is the goodness of God that leadeth men to repentance. And it's when we absolutely repent in his presence because of the blessing that he has given us to live that we find ourselves saying, God, you're a good, good father. (laughs) That's exactly who you are, exactly who you are, exactly who you are, are. I was trying to do it like the song, and that's as far as I can go. (laughs) Jesus does this amazing thing, and after he does that, uh, he goes to heal a guy with leprosy. He's in this town. And so now he's doing all the things that he said he was going to do in Luke chapter number 14. I'm sorry, in Luke chapter number four, verses 18 and 19. So he heals a man of leprosy. After he heals a man with leprosy, and that was a miracle, uh, there's a paralyzed man uh, that when Jesus goes into the house, uh, they cut a hole through the roof and lower this man down, and he heals this man of his paralysis and also forgives his sins. Jesus is having a really good day. (laughs) I've just messed up some businessmen's fisher. Uh, fishing industry, uh, so much so that their dad lost employees. 
These guys just had the biggest catch they ever had in their life. You know how they respond to that? Hey, it's not, hey, come with me tomorrow and let's do it again. They leave everything and follow him. Grown men. It would be the equivalence of going to Starbucks at eight o'clock in the morning, Jesus walking into Starbucks while people are trying to close deals and meet and and, and find out how we're going to do the next IT strategy uh, because Irving has a big IT tech sector. And then and he just walks in while everyone's trying to get caffeined up and double espressoed up. And he goes, hey, follow me. And all the men stand up and walk out. Where are we going? I don't know. Just follow me. Can you imagine the calls back home? Hey, babe. Hey, are you early lunch? <laughs> no, this guy told me to follow him, so. <laughs> I'm going to need you to get a job. <laughs> Maybe part time. Jesus is doing these incredible things. He heals this man of leprosy. Uh, This paralytic man jumps up, rolls up his mat. And so Jesus is doing these wonderful things for wonderful people who seem to just be down on their luck. Peter, his heart was already open. He's waiting for the Messiah. Andrew's already been discipled by John. These guys are open to what God wants to say and wants to do in the season that they're in. The leprous, the leprous man, he's happy to be healed by Jesus. The paralytic man, his friends had enough faith to bring him to Jesus. And, and Jesus is wrapping up this day. He's walking out of the city. And as he's walking out of the city, he sees this toll booth. In those days, uh, uh, the toll booth was used for uh, the trade of goods that may have gone on in the city. At the end of the day, uh, somebody would be sitting in that toll booth uh, and they would collect the taxes, the taxes on whatever was purchased and traded throughout that day. There's a guy named Levi in this toll booth. Levi is in this toll booth. He's doing what he does every single day. He just taxes people. And the reason why he is so despised by Jews is because he works for the Romans. He's a Jewish man who's supposed to have fidelity to God, but he is working for Caesar and he is taxing everyone that comes through, including his own fellow brothers, other Israelites, and he is despised and reviled. And every single day he just makes transactions in his toll booth. You would be surprised how many people are just like Levi. Stuck in a spot going through transactions that never benefit them, but only benefit others. Trading, give me something, I'll give you something. Hey, you did something, I need to tax you on that. He's just going about his daily routine. And Jesus... It was amazing what he did in the boat. That was fantastic. The leprous man, wow. The paralytic man, he was preaching at the time. But but for Jesus to strategically walk out of the city where this man's toll booth was and to walk up to a very disreputable, reviled man and say, follow me. 
And for the guy in the toll booth to go, okay. He's in his toll booth. He stacks his papers up, maybe makes some notations on the last transaction that he made, pushes his chair back, opens up the toll booth door, walks out, starts following Jesus. Just like that, Scripture says he left everything. That's what it's like to follow Jesus. When he calls you, you have to leave everything. Now, now, here's the thing that I really want you to understand. Uh, You can leave everything and still have stuff on you. You, you can leave and still have some things that you need to get rid of, but what you're saying initially is, I'm leaving everything about this right now. I might have some stuff in my pockets. I might have a backpack that I took with me. I might have a junk full of, uh, a whole lot of, uh, a purse with a bunch of junk in it, but I'm leaving everything that is right here, and I'm following you with what I have left, and I know along the way, I'll start dropping everything else. Leave like Levi. So the three points I want you to have, very simple message, the three points that I want you to have and then we'll pray, okay? Point number one, uh, write this down, I just said it, Levi left everything. (laughs) If you're going to be a good disciple of Jesus Christ, if you want a relationship with Jesus Christ, you leave everything. It doesn't mean you forgot everything, it means you leave everything. You open up the door that has confined you and you walk out of it. That's what it means to leave. I just celebrated my 20th spiritual birthday, January 14th, 1996 is when I gave my life to the Lord. And on that day, I left everything. I was still carrying a lot of baggage, but I left everything where I was. The lifestyle, the people I hung out with, in one day, within six hours, my best friends became my parents, and a PlayStation 1, and my Bible, a Thompson Chain reference Bible, red letter edition, with the strongest concordance. (laughs) Amen, all the old school folks that didn't have a PC study Bible in Logos, okay? So, it's all you had, okay? Thompson Chain reference and a big, thick, strong concordance, okay? My wife still uses it. She is just a nerd, okay? So, I left everything, but, but, but I still had some stuff I was carrying. And here's the thing that I love about Jesus. Jesus is not asking you to, to forget everything about this space. He's just saying, will you leave it right now? Because I want to teach you something new. And on the day that I gave my life to the Lord, I didn't know everything. I just knew enough to know I can't stay here. Levi knew the same thing. Levi said, uh, uh, I'm leaving. He got his stuff and he left. Levi left everything. Now, here's the reason why it's so important why Levi left everything. Here's why I even think it's prophetic that God went for Levi. Stuck in that toll booth, he was not living up to his name. Levi's name in Hebrew literally means to join or to attach. You know what Jesus was doing when he walked up to that toll booth? He was saying, you are disconnected 
from me. Your name means to be joined, and you're not joined. You're not in relationship with who you need to be in relationship with. And you're not living up to your name. And so when Levi left, he joined. <laughs> he never went back. Point number two, write this down. Levi called everybody. Why don't you look at uh, verse number 29. Later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples, why do you eat and drink with such scum? Levi invited everybody. Levi called everybody. He left everything. He called everybody. Anyone that has really fallen in love with Jesus tells people about it. When people fall in love with religion, they don't tell anybody about that. They're just like, mm, hi. Monday morning, you get to work. How was, how was your weekend? Fine. What'd you do? I watched the game on Sunday. Didn't tell anybody you went to church. Probably because you haven't met Jesus. <laughs> It'd be hard to go to work Monday morning be in, the presence of the, be in the presence of the living God on Sunday morning and kind of omit that from the stuff that I did on the weekend. If you're in love, if you just like or just exploring, you might want to skip those details. But when you're in love, it's kind of hard to get through a sentence without talking about it. It, it, would, be, it would be very difficult for anybody to talk to me for 10 minutes and me not mention my wife because I'm in love with her. In that same amount of time, it would be absolutely difficult for me to not mention the fact that, that I, I love Jesus. And I know that we are living in a, a society that is increasingly more, you know, a little bit, don't talk about religion. Well, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship. I'm not even trying to recruit you. I want you to think about this. Uh, me talking about Jesus is no more me trying to push him off on you than me talking about my wife. I'm not saying, man, she's so amazing, you should date her this Friday. Well, you better go get your own. And in the same way, when I'm talking about my relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm not trying to recruit you. What I'm saying is you might want to get your own because I got mine, you need to get yours. That's what the relationship is about. So he called everybody, and he called the only people he knew, other tax collectors, <laughs> other crooks, other thieves, other liars, other people that were like him. Here's the thing that's amazing. We get one person that gets saved, and then we're like, hey, man, go invite your friends. Oh, no, you don't want them here. They drink too much. Wait a minute, you used to drink with them two days ago. <laughs> invite them. Well, I don't want to invite them. They might smell like cigarettes. Bro, you have a pack in your back pocket right now. You've only known Jesus 20 minutes. Stop it. Don't get religious. This is a relationship. Call everybody. 
Call the people that are drunk. Call the people that are addicted. Call the liars. Call everybody you can and tell them there's somebody coming to my house. Levi called everybody to his house and made Jesus the guest of honor. More proof that Jesus didn't hang around sinners. There's so many people that try to use the grace message right now and say Jesus just loves everybody and, you know, he just, he loves to be around sinners. Like Jesus is just walking into the pub, grabbing a pint and sitting down at the bar, grabbing a handful of cashews. Like, I just want to hang out with you guys, maybe do a little boot scoot later. (laughs) Knock down a pint of beer because I just want you to know I'm regular like you. No, 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 no. Jesus did not hang around sinners. Sinners hung around Jesus. Levi had his life changed and invited everyone over his house with Jesus as the guest of honor. That doesn't sound like somebody that crashed a party to hang around sinners. He was invited by one as the guest of honor. And you know that something's a relationship and not a religion when you don't treat it with disdain. You say, I'm inviting somebody over here and you guys better be on your best behavior. This guy got me out of a toll booth, and I'm never going back into one. And I know you're crooks and liars, but you just got to hear this guy. And guess the only people that were mad about the party were church people. (laughs) These were the only people mad about the party. Can't believe Jesus going to a party at the IRS. This makes no sense. Can't stand the government. Jesus is going to a party. His presence is actually going to show up in the middle of liars, crooks, thieves, backbiters, gossipers, adulterers, fornicators, addicts. You mean to tell me Jesus wants to show up there? Yeah, he shows up in church every Sunday. I've been away for two weeks. Welcome back to me. <laughs> Welcome back to me. Okay? He called everybody. Here's the thing. Levi invites Jesus, and Jesus says, I'll be there. <laughs> the only people are mad are religious people who feel like, I, you, I, I don't want to sit with you. Now, you got to understand cultural context. I understand culturally why they had this thought because culturally to sit down with somebody and have a meal with them meant that you were on the same social status as them so the reason why the religious people didn't want to meet with people like tax collectors because as soon as they sat down to have a meal what they were saying was we are equals we are the same You are not better than me. I am not better than you. And religious people have to be better than somebody. They have to have a rule that makes them superior to somebody else. Because the moment they lose superiority, they feel inferiority. And here's what Jesus says. I I wrap myself up in flesh I created. To walk on the earth and prove 
And I don't think it's robbery to come out of heaven. Not only be on the same ground as you, but to sit at the same table as you. He called everybody. And everybody showed up. And it doesn't say everybody got saved. But everybody got exposed. (laughs) Who are you exposing to the presence of God? Because maybe you invited some people to your house. I can't wait for this year. We'll start small groups in a few months. You're going to invite some people to your house. uh, uh, and, and, And maybe... They're there and they're exploring and, and, and you guys open some scriptures and share a meal, maybe watch a show, play some cards. And at the end, they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm still not, I don't know if I want to be here or not. And, and you'll feel like, oh, man, I thought, man, I thought I was going to get them. Well, you can't get anybody. <laughs> the Holy Spirit brings people to Jesus. You're incapable of getting anyone saved. So let me let you off the hook now. Stop trying to do that. What you can do is keep exposing them to light. The light of Jesus Christ that's on the inside of you, you can continue to expose that to others. And here's what happens over a process of time. The Holy Spirit will bring them to Jesus through the light that you keep shining through your life. That's how it works. He just put them all in the room, called everybody, and they came. There's a stinging indictment that Jesus says at the end of this. And I want to give you this before we go to point three. Because point three really has nothing to do with the text as much as it has to do with uh, Levi's life. Uh, they said, why, why is he eating with such scum? And, and Jesus responds, um, sick pe- uh, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. And, and the stinging indictment was this. You actually think you're healthy. <laughs> That's the stinging indictment. If you think you're healthy, you're not. If you know you're sick, you're on your way to being well. <laughs> so what I love about being able to come to church is that nobody, no, no, none of us are in here because we think we've arrived. We're, we're in here because we know we're blessed to be in this relationship. And that changes stuff. It doesn't mean we have to self-deprecate. Oh, I'm just the worst sinner in the whole wide world. No, I hope you get really free, free to the point that you're not struggling and you're not bound. Because I don't, I don't believe in that either, that people need to be perpetually going through a struggle just to prove that I need Jesus. I think you can be completely free and still have Jesus. It's a good thing. But I do also believe that there are times where Jesus puts us in a spot just to, just to check us and go, you don't think you're that well, do you? That was a stinging indictment. So point number three, write this down. Levi went everywhere. The reason why I wanted to use this uh, last part is because when you give your life to Jesus, you come out of the booth, you call everybody that you can, and then you can be used everywhere doesn't have to be in the same way it was for Levi, but God will use your influence to be able to influence others. The reason why I wanted to use the perspective of this story from the book of Luke and not Matthew uh, is because some of you already know this, uh, but if you don't know, Levi is Matthew. He's the writer of Matthew. The gospel according to Matthew. Is Levi. 
His life is so transformed when he comes out of that book, comes out of that booth, that he writes a gospel from Jews, from a Jew to Jews. And the reason why it's the first one in the canonical order of the New Testament is because it's the most popular book amongst the Messianic Jews. That Matthew's life was transformed in such a way that what he had to say about him literally has gone everywhere. He's the one that writes a genealogy proving that Jesus is the Messiah from a bloodline perspective. And he is the one who boldly declares during a time where it was absolutely unpopular to say that Jesus was the Messiah. He writes book, chapter, and verse that this is the man that we've been waiting for. And the fact that of all the people that Jesus could have used, he decides to use one with one of the worst reputations tells you that there's space for us all. If you will leave everything and call everybody, he will use you everywhere. Just leave like Levi. <laughs> Become joined to the one who spoke you into existence instead of staying connected to something that simply makes you exist. Leave like Levi. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? One of the things I'm so excited about during this month is that there's so many people that are making decisions to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that just excites us. We've been praying for that this month. We've been praying that you would move away from being connected to stuff that doesn't bring you life and come into a relationship with Jesus Christ where your entire life changes. It's time to leave. It's time to leave the booth and the empty transactions that you've been making back and forth to come into a vibrant relationship with a person whose name is Jesus, not a church who's called Embassy City. You can give your life to Jesus today. You don't have to become a member of this church. You don't have to become a resident of this congregation. But when you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you become a citizen of heaven and every church becomes your home. So whether you come here or somewhere else matters not to us. What matters is that you leave and become joined. So in a moment, we're going to pray. And uh, if you need prayer for any reason, I'm going to sing one last song and our altar ministry team is here. If you need prayer for any reason, when we get ready to sing that last song, we'll ask you all to stand. And you can just come up and get prayer. If you need to give your life to Jesus Christ, this is one of the greatest days to do it.
with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you do want to make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, you're ready to leave and join, join the body of Christ. I just want you to raise your hand. You need to give your life to Jesus. Thank you. I see that hand. Somebody else, you should be proud to lift it up. I need to give my life to Jesus. Angels are having a party in heaven right now simply because you lifted your hand. So, Father, I pray that every person that needs prayer and every person that needs salvation, when we stand up to sing this last song, that they would come and, Holy Spirit, you would draw them. They would get the relationship and the prayer that they need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stand to your feet.